Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Amen. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Amen. And then that first phrase there, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. And, and I want to, for the second time, conclude this series tonight on how to pray evangelistically. Amen. How to pray evangelistically. And uh, I think since it's working, we ought to just keep on keeping on. Amen. And just keep on focusing on that. Amen. Praise God. If you would pray with me right now. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your great presence. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for the liberty that we feel in this place right now. I pray, Lord, that you would open our understanding. I pray that you would touch us, God. Increase our faith. Increase revelation, oh God, I pray right now. In the name of Jesus, would you move into each and every life today? Would you give revelation that would revolutionize our prayer lives, Lord? Turn it around, oh God, that our prayer lives are not stale, that our prayer lives are not mundane, but that our prayer lives break forth with fire and passion and boldness in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. How many has been been praying the heart prayer? Amen. I hope you're praying that every day, and I, and I hope you pray it until you become very familiar with the heart prayer. And we're going to uh, kind of run over that and, and, and do that again. Uh, and talk about it, but but there's a, a few things I want to say, a couple things I wanted to point out. Number one is that prayer needs to have order, okay? Prayer needs to have order. I have found a lot of folks that that uh, talk about, well, I don't, I don't really feel like I accomplish much in my prayer life. We don't like to admit that, first of all. Um, but a lot, a lot of the reason why folks don't pray is because they don't feel their prayer is effective. Amen. And uh, I, I'm just talking to real people right now, not the people that you're so holy you sneeze and angels do backflips. Okay, I'm talking to real people right now that you have prayed before and it felt like the ceiling was brass and your prayer could not get above the ceiling. I'm talking to some of us that have been there before. Amen. Um, and, and that... When we go to prayer, amen, we need to feel that when we've left, we need to know that although every time we're not going to get goosebumps and not every time are we going to, you know, feel like, you know, we just line dance with angels, uh, we need to know that we've accomplished something by faith, but we need to come in contact with God. Prayer must have order. There is an order to prayer. Prayer is to not be chaotic. 
It's one of the big misunderstandings of, of the apostolic church in the, in the Pentecostal movement is um, it, it's just gotten to this, it has no order. Um, that was the problem with the charismatic renewal that happened uh, along with many other things like false doctrine. But one of the things is they had, it was just chaotic. I mean, you, you had guys like, uh, um, I think his, I actually think his name was David Brown uh, uh, in the, uh, what do you call that? The, um, it was in Florida. What was, uh, you're too young to remember. The, the revival, Brownsville, Florida, back in the 90s. And then it happened and they called it the Toronto Awakening. And um, it was just a whole lot of ding battery. I don't know if you can translate that. Brother Roberto, he's doing his best. Hey, man, I know he's back there trying. But it was a lot of foolishness. It was a lot of foolishness. They had a, a little bit of a touch of God, but they had no understanding. And they went crazy to the point. There was no order in it. And, of course, they slapped the label Pentecost on it and uh, really turned a lot of people away because it, it just, it, it, it was chaotic. And they think, well, if I can go and just do whatever I feel, that must be Pentecost. That must, no, you don't come into prayer and just do whatever you feel. Amen. Because uh, somebody might feel like slapping you. But you can't do what you feel. He's a God of what the Bible said. Paul said, let everything be done decently and in order. So everything, he didn't say some things, let all things, everything be done with order and decency. Prayer has to have order. Um, I, I did a series some years ago on this. And I was showing video clips. I, I, I'm pretty sure I didn't do it here. I, I, matter of fact, I know I didn't. It was about eight, nine years ago. And uh, uh, you could see videos of the Toronto Awakening, the Brownsville deal, where they just got just, I mean, cuckoo for cuckoo puffs. I mean, they were just, um, the, the, the pastor's wife had the pastor wearing a dog collar, and he had, she had a chain and was walking him around while he was barking. and um, I mean, just crazy stuff just nuts. Uh, I remember uh, my pastor, Bishop Hurst, had a family member that their church left truth, and it wasn't long before they got caught up in that whole, what they called the renewal, and um, I should probably have Bishop tell this. It's funnier when he tells it, but this family member came to him and said, man, we are having a move of God like we've never seen before. He said, we are, we are beyond speaking in tongues. And Bishop Hurst said, what do you mean beyond speaking in tongues? He goes, the Holy Spirit moves, and we speak with animal noises now. He said, really? He said, matter of fact, last Sunday, we had a flock of wild geese come through that service. That's a true story. Amen. Amen. It gets crazy. It gets, it gets crazy. And if there's not order, a lot of times with false doctrine, it'll turn to sensuality. It, uh, oftentimes... Uh, uh, false doctrine turns into um, um, perversion and, and sexual immorality, and, and these churches run rampant when there is, and I'm using the term churches loosely, uh, when there's no order. So everything has to have order. If you want, God is first and foremost a God of order. When God created the earth, He set order to it. He looked at the earth and said, Let there be. That's order. Let there be. God's a God of order. So your private prayer life has got to have order. You just can't walk into. Now, my goal is next midweek 
um, is to talk about the order of prayer. And my goal is to have that handout I've been talking about for how to pray in order. But, but you need to have an order when you get into your, your prayer time. You don't need to walk into your prayer time and go, uh, you know, just start screaming at the top of your lungs or making, you know, wild geese noises or rolling on the floor. You, you need to have an order to it. When Jesus was asked by his disciples, Lord, teach us to pray, Jesus didn't say, well, just do whatever you feel. No, he said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know the Lord's prayer. He gave order to it. Let it begin with an identity of relationship of worship. Our Father. That's who he is to me. In heaven, that's his position above me. Hallowed or holy is thy name. The purity and the, and the awesomeness of his name. Thy kingdom comes, not my kingdom. Your kingdom. Thy will be done, not my will. In earth as it is in heaven. Help me be submitted in earth to your will in heaven. He goes through the prayer. He's setting an order to it. So if you want to have an effective prayer life, Set an order to your prayer life. And, and model that prayer after a biblical order. Amen. Don't pray with superstitions. Pray with order. Now, I'm just, I, you know, this isn't in my notes, but I'm just going to jump off on this for a minute. There's a lot of kooky stuff going around right now. Even in our ranks. And I'm going to tell you right now, and it's good, good men, good women, but I'm going to tell you, if we're going to pray, we're going to pray biblical prayers. And, and Brother Gars, I don't care how sensational it is and how many books they write. We're going to pray biblical prayers. Okay? You want to pray at 4 in the morning? God bless you. Do it. There's mornings I pray at 4. There's mornings I pray at 6. There's mornings I pray at 8. Amen. I remember hearing about this evangelist having great revival when I was... Uh, an evangelist, and so I and heard he was getting up at 3 in the morning and praying, and I thought, well, bless God, I'm going to get up and pray at 3 in the morning. So I got out of bed, set my alarm. This is when you had to set an alarm. This is before your phone was an alarm. Then I set my alarm, and I got up, and I rolled out of bed with the, oh, God. I was already in travail, Sister Elva. I mean, I rolled over the edge of the bed. I got on my knees, and I, you're thinking, I get up early. When you were an evangelist, you didn't go to bed till 1 o'clock. That was an early night. And I got on my knees and I started, oh, God, give us revival. Oh, God. And God spoke to me as clear as I'm speaking to you. And he said, get up and go back to bed. <laughs> he said, get up and go back to bed. You're, you're invading my time with the Chinese right now. Go to sleep. <laughs> he said, I'm moving on to Chinese right now. You go to bed. <laughs> At least I think it's what he said. Amen. <laughs> so prayer works when you connect to God. There, there, there's, no, there's no window of prayer that is more effective than another window of prayer. We got the Holy Ghost, but your prayer needs to have structure. If pr personal prayer needs to have structure, then public prayer, corporate prayer needs to have structure. Amen. When we pray together on Thursday nights, that's why it's been so effective. From, it's because we take a time to have corporate-focused prayer. 
because Paul dealt with public prayer. That's where he got in the whole deal of coverings and all this stuff and, 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 and short hair and uncut and all that. He was getting in public prayer. He was saying there needs to be order to prayer. There needs to be order to prayer. In a public setting, there needs to be order to prayer. Amen. Now, this was not to be my focus, but I want to say this. Our prayer should draw our attention to God. My prayer should never draw people's attention to me. Okay? I, I, uh, I've been in a, a few, and it seems to be, well, I've been in quite a few where some young men and were, were feeling a call to preach, and they, they thought they had to preach their prayer meetings and go in, and, man, they'd be preaching. And God, just like you had Daniel in the lion's den, and God, you put them lions to sleep, and God, they didn't need them, and Lord, you said. And, and I remember one time I walked in a prayer room, and I was trying to pray. I was the evangelist in this revival, and this uh, this. Young, I say young preachers in his 20s, he was doing it. He was walking around for 20 minutes. He was preaching a sermon. And I finally walked over and tapped him on the shoulder. And I said, hey, brother, God was there. He knows. <laughs> quit, quit praying a sermon and pray and talk to the Lord. Just talk to the Lord. It, what, what I'm saying, now there's going to be times you're in travail. There's going to be times that even in a public setting, that there's going to be uh, intercession, and there's going to be travail, and there's going to be prayer. But let me say this. Let me say this. Our prayer should turn our attention to Jesus or inspire other people to turn their attention to Jesus. But it should never pull people's attention away from Jesus to us. Does that make sense? Say, well, I pray and the Spirit gets on me, and I'm going to pray however I want to pray. Well, you're unbiblical. Well, I can't help it when the Spirit moves on me, liar. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. I remember dealing with an issue one time. This, this person was so belligerently loud. And we had, we had seekers that were in the office seeking the Holy, the first time in the church. And they're screaming like a wild banshee. And they're scaring people that had never been in a church before. And I went to him and said, you're going to have to be quiet. And then I'm getting mad. I can't control it. I can't. Well, then you don't have the Holy Ghost. You're, you're possessed with the devil then. Because you got the Holy Ghost, you can control it. Well, God don't want me to control it. Then why would the Bible say the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet? Let all things be done decently and in order. And I'm going to tell you right now, if it comes between letting some a sinner being able to repent and seek God and being filled with the Holy Ghost and, and, and somebody screaming like a wild banshee, guess which one I'm going to let loose? I want the sinner to seek God. Amen. I, I've seen them up there, and, and look, we're dancing, we're shouting church, and we need all that, but I've seen them, you know, bucking and kicking and dancing and running into people seeking the Holy Ghost and backsliders trying to pray through and they're kicking them and bumping into them. You know, I tell the ushers, just set them down. Don't let them do that and distract people from, from seeking God. They, they, we got to have order. Amen. And so here's the thing. That's not to say when you worship, go, oh, I hope I'm not distracted. No, worship God with all your heart. 
but also be cognizant of the fact that we need to turn people to Jesus. We need to put our, help get people's attention toward Jesus. Amen. And so, and so we, it's got to have order. Corporate prayer's got to have order. Private prayer's got to have order. And you will learn through more structured private prayer to be able to flow with structured corporate prayer. Amen. And so there's something to that. That prayer, everybody say prayer must have order. And when, we're, and when we're talking about praying evangelistic prayers, we are talking about praying prayers of order. We're talking about praying prayers of order. Uh, last night, uh, Bishop Huntley was talking, and some of the things he was saying, I was just like, man, I wish somebody could be here to verify he's actually saying this. One of the things he was saying was that we as a praying church, we've got to be willing to pray with one another for the lost. We've been teaching that. Uh, we got the DVD or something. We need to get it. He was driving. And he said, we've got to be able to pray with one another for the lost. Amen. It's amazing if, if somebody gets a bobo, we'll, we'll cry and pray with each other over God heal their bobo. Somebody loses job, we'll pray with one another. God, give them a job. But when it comes to the lost, it's like that's way down in our priority list. That's got to come back to the top. I can remember, I can remember a, a, as a child hearing at prayer meeting, you would hear, you would hear names all over that place. And I remember when, as a young person, as a, as a kid, when these people would show up and I would hear their name called because back then, you know, the pastor would make every visitor stand up and welcome them. So stand up. Uh, we're, we're glad to have Billy Bob here, and Billy Bob is this one's nephew, and, 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 and you know, and I remember sitting there thinking, wow, that's the person they've been praying for all this time because they call their name in prayer. Now, if you were to eavesdrop on a lot of our prayers in our churches, you'll hear us pray for bigger buildings, you'll and we need to pray for this stuff. Uh, you'll hear us pray for cars and jobs and homes. and Hear us pray for uh, promotions and raises. Hear us pray for move of God. Pray for faith. Pray for healing. Pray for breakthrough. Pray for all this. But it's, it, it's almost like you don't hear names anymore. But we've got to get to where in our prayer we start praying for the lost with one another. We talked about this, about finding an accountability partner, finding a prayer partner. And I, I, I don't want you to, uh, to, to, to lose me on this, but I want to think, hopefully you connected with somebody. And if you did, how many times have you contacted each other in those last two or three weeks? We've got to have somebody that can partner with us in prayer for the lost. We need to pray evangelistically together for those who are lost because, amen, I don't got time to go through all of this. They have been blinded by the God of this world and they need spiritual deliverance. And the only way that's going to happen is when we as the body of Christ pray for those who are in spiritual bondage coming together, two or three agreeing together in his name and it shall be done. Amen. And so getting together and praying for one another, amen, and praying with one another over the lost, amen. You ought, you ought to get you a list together. Write down, write down, I'm sure you know at least 10 people that need the Lord. Right? I'm sure you know 10 people that need the Lord, amen. 
And you're probably sitting here going, yeah, one of them's right beside me right now. Well, put their name down. <laughs> Amen. Put, that name, put those names down. And when you go to the Lord every day, I want you to call those names in prayer. Amen. It can be 15. It can be 20. It can be how many ever you want to put down. Amen. And what you'll do is when you begin to pray for that list by name. I have a list that I pray for by name every day. I can go down through that list and some days I get to name number four or five and the Holy Ghost just settles on me. And there's, and, and there's intercessory prayer and there's weeping. And I start, and I, I don't even know what, I'm not even praying in English. I'm praying in tongues. That's what the Bible says Romans 8, we don't even know what to pray. And the Spirit starts praying, making intercessions for us, and it's praying for us. Sometimes I get all the way down to number 22, amen, and I've read the other ones, and I'm just calling their names and praying over them and didn't feel anything, and man, the Holy Ghost slams me right there. And I begin to pray more focused over them. And, and, and sometimes I'll go through the whole list and don't feel that, that heavy compelling over any of them. But here's the thing, if you leave it up to your own memory and your own, and your own mental recall uh, most of the time you are going to forget them and and you're going to go without calling that name in prayer you need to write those names down and pray over those names amen write those names down tonight when you get home right or if you if you've got if you're taking notes tonight you need to write that down I've got to go home tonight and I need to write names down and I'm going to take a picture of that list and I'm going to send it to my prayer partner and say these are the names that we're going to pray over every day amen in the Bible when they prayed amen they prayed specifically over people they prayed over people by name Get the names of your lost family members. Get the names of the backsliders in your family or on your job. And call those names before the Lord every day. It is amazing how God will move on your behalf when you are calling people's names. Hey, write down the names of people you can't stand to be in the room with. We'll, we'll pray for people. We won't pray for that jerk at work. No, pray for that jerk at work. That jerk needs Jesus. Amen. Pray for it. You know what will happen? When you start praying for people you can't stand, God will soften your heart toward them. And then when God starts softening your heart toward them, they'll notice it, and all of a sudden, they're not the jerk they used to be. Amen. So write those names down. And pray over those names. Uh, on Thursday night prayer, when we're praying, have names that you can call before the Lord and pray. Don't leave it up to your mind. Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. If you leave it up to, I've got it in my phone. I've got a list in my notes uh, of names. And, and, and sometimes somebody will tell me in church, I need to pray for this one, brother. Alonzo and I were talking about Courtney, and we need to lift up Courtney in prayer. She's, she's come here many times. She, she, uh, we really need to go to the Lord for Courtney. She's on life support right now. They don't think she's going to pull through. We need to pray for her. So that's going, her name is going on my list, amen, and we're going to pray for her. If I don't, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to get distracted in prayer, and I'm going to miss that name. And I need to call that name aloud in prayer. So determine, write that name down and pray over those names. Look at somebody and say, you got to write their names down. Amen. Pray for unbelievers by name. 
pray for them by name. Amen. If there was a guest in the service and you don't know their name, uh, do your best. Lord, the one that had the face, touch them, Lord. You know, pray for them, right? Begin to seek God and call them by name. It's so important that we pray for them by name. Focus on that. Get with your prayer partner and focus on that. When you write those names down tonight, because I'm just believing by faith, you're going to write them down tonight. You take it, you screenshot it, take a picture of it, send it to your prayer partner, one or two people that you've committed to pray with, and send it to them, and they're going to send you, and when you go to prayer, y'all are going to pray over those names together every day. Amen? I, I want us to get to the point where a majority of our prayer is calling the names of people that need to be set free from a spirit of of darkness and being blind by the God of this world. I can remember my grandmother who was the prayingest woman I ever knew. I, I told you about her. My grandma, she, she, she'd pray all the time. That woman lived in prayer. Uh, uh, we, we thought sometimes she was just watching the prices right. And she was really praying. I mean, that was just grandma. She could, she'd pray the paint off the wall and make the devil paint it back. She could pray. She'd pray all the time. She could pray. But she was always calling names in prayer. She would, oh, God, touch Summer Lee. God, touch Tisha. Lord, reach out and, and touch Donna. And she was just constantly calling people's names. She'd be in there cooking, man, whipping up the best sausage gravy cathead biscuits you ever had in your life and she's in there just praying over the stove and just weeping and going before the Lord and she's calling names aloud and I remember sometimes she called my name out and I perked up and then and I knew I was in trouble Lord uh, help him his rebellious attitude toward this and I just oh God I didn't even know I was rebellious but I was right you need to call names before the Lord in prayer Ask God to quicken names, amen, because we need to get a burden. Listen, we can say we have a burden for the lost, but if we're not praying for them by name, then we don't have a burden. We need to get names and pray for them by names. Get to, yeah, oh, listen, we'll, we'll talk later another time about getting the missionaries' names off the wall, our PIMs, getting the names of these countries and all that. That's fine. That's wonderful. But we're focusing on right now praying a heart prayer. Praying a prayer that will get those that are lost, amen, that God would release them from the God of this world that has them bound, amen. So pray with your prayer partner. Write down names. Pray over these people. Lift up your voice and call their names, amen. Uh, and here's the heart prayer. If you'll put that up, we're going to kind of wind it down here, amen. God, listen, while that's up, I want to tell you, God's going to quicken people's name. When you're, when you're in traffic and you're driving and all of a sudden somebody's name pops up in your head don't don't think well that, that's the coffee or you wake up in the middle of the night or you have a weird well I eat bad pizza and that's what it was no God is trying to put somebody on your heart write that name down reach out to your prayer partner instantly and say I was in traffic and all of a sudden uh, some this name came to my mind we need to pray for them we need to pray for them we need to go to the Lord, and we need to pray for them. Amen? Pray, let, let, let me say this before we get really get into this heart prayer again. Let me say this. We need to pray for the lost, but that does not negate our responsibility to reach out to them. We're not going to say, well, I prayed for them, so I don't ever have to talk to them. That's, that's not how that works. 
We're going to pray for them. We're going to reach for them. When you see them, just say, oh, you know, so good. I've been praying. You know what it does to people sometimes? When you send them a text message and you say, and maybe you haven't talked to them in a while, and you just send them a text message and say, you know, I was praying for you today. I just want you to know I'm, I, I love you. That means a lot to people. It really, I mean, if you're a guy and you send that to another guy, it's probably not going to be received very well. Just say, hey, I was praying for you, man. You don't got to say, I just thought about you all day, and I love you, and I'm praying for you. Amen. Don't, you, you, you catch my drift, right? Let them know. I've been, call them up. Hey, I've had you on my heart. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you. I just want you to know I'm praying for you. It doesn't matter if they left the church mad and they've been out of the church for 10 years. That moves people to know that you have prayed for them. And oftentimes, that, that single thing will be the, the key that will unlock bitterness over their heart or the blinders that the enemy, the God of this world, has put on them so that they will be sensitive to the touch of God again. Amen. It, it works like that. So don't just pray it, but continue to reach out. Continue to be sensitive. When you're at the grocery store, don't be afraid to ask the cashier when you engage in conversation, hey, is there anything that I can pray with you about? They're going to tell you. I, I've met atheists that when I said that, they'll say, yeah, pray over this. Is there anything you need us to pray for? Yeah, my mother's got cancer. If you can, And they don't even believe in God. It's amazing how that works. They'll say, yeah, send good vibrations or something. Okay. I can vibrate in the Holy Ghost. Things shake when we pray. Amen. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to do that. We, we become the people of prayer that focus in prayer. Say, I want you to say right now, I, I am going to be an evangelistic prayer warrior and an evangelistic outreach. That's my job. That's what God's called me to do. It's to love, to pray, and to reach the lost. Amen. We pray H, and I know y'all have heard this, and you're going to hear it for a long time until you got it memorized. We pray H. It's the first letter of the acronym that God, uh, we pray that the, for the non-believers to have a receptive heart. Amen. That they could hear the gospel. Need a receptive heart to hear the gospel. Amen. Then we pray E, that their spiritual eyes will be opened. Then we pray A, that they will have God's attitude towards sin. We pray the letter R, that they would be released to believe. And we pray the letter T, that their lives will be transformed. And uh, just so you know, uh, Sister Michael so awesome. She is working on, and she's translating this into Spanish. Amen. And so we're going to be praying this, and our campuses are Spanish. Uh, speaking will have this heart acronym and, and we're going to all pray that continually every day pray the heart acronym together because we have got to get, do this in the spirit see this is the way things work before things are done in the physical they are already one in the spiritual God never does anything in the physical until he first does it in the spiritual amen that's why prayer is so important we don't pray once we see it happen we pray then it happens Amen, because the seen world is controlled by the unseen world. Can you say amen? And so we have to do that. Uh, last passage of Scripture, and then we're going to pray, is Luke chapter 18 and uh, verses 1 through 8. And Jesus said, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint. They should always pray and not, and it didn't mean faint as in, you know, 
you got scared, you passed out. The word faint there means to quit, to give up. They shall pray, they, they should always pray and not faint, saying, There was a sit in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man, and there was a certain widow in that city. And she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I fear not God, though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, that's you and I that are born again, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them that speedily, nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, he shall find faith on the earth. This is what Jesus was using a parable that a carnal judge said, I'm going to deal with this woman's issue because if I don't, she's going to drive me nuts. So I'm going to deal with this situation because she continually comes back to me. And Jesus said, how much more in the Spirit will God move for you if you will come to him weeping day and night that he is not going to answer you. We ought to get rid of this mindset Well, if I pray it twice and it don't happen, it must not be the will of God. You need to call their name before the Lord every day. How long until you see it happen? How long do I pray for my lost brother or sister or family member or neighbor until you see them coming up out of the waters of baptism? How long do I pray for my lost child until you see them dancing on streets of gold. Don't ever stop praying for him. You keep praying for him. Amen. I remember as a child my dad uh, called my grandfather's name in prayer every time there was prayer requests. He would say pray for my father. Amen. It took years. It took my father giving that prayer request for almost 30 years until my grandfather was diagnosed with pancreatic and liver cancer and six weeks before he died he went down in the waters of baptism in Jesus name and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I thank God, amen, because today my grandfather is in heaven because my dad never stopped praying. Amen, amen. I, I can make it even more personal. My mother was backslid for 20, uh, for 24, 25 years. And my wife and I prayed for my mother and my father. And we continually prayed that God would get them back in and that they would be saved. And we would call their name in prayer. Uh, call my mother's name in prayer. And it was uh, Easter Sunday, 2019. And my mother, in, 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 in incredibly poor health, came to church. Amen. For the first time in years. And God miraculously and mercifully filled her with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And it was on that Friday that she went into eternity and met God because five days before, God answered the prayer of her son and daughter-in-law and said, don't stop praying until you see it happen. Don't stop praying until you see it happen. You may pray for them and things look worse, but keep praying for them. You may be praying for them now because they're just drinking a beer every now and again and, and they may get on weed or, or heroin. Don't stop praying. It doesn't matter how much worse it looks. You keep 
praying because God is going to answer your prayer. God is going to, God hears you and he's going to answer your prayer. Keep bringing that name before the Lord. Keep, I don't care. You're going to get frustrated because you got flesh. You got a human nature. You're going to get frustrated with them. You're going to get frustrated with yourself. You'll even get frustrated with God. You'll get frustrated with everything because the people you're praying for, it doesn't happen like that. It may take weeks. It may take months. It may take years. It may take decades. But eventually, I've got faith that if I pray for them, God is going to answer my prayer. Would you stand with me tonight? I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. When church, when we as a church learn to pray persistently, it makes a difference in the evangelistic prayer that we're trying to pray. We don't pray evangelistically just once. We don't pray evangelistically just because we've been doing it for a few weeks, folks. This has got to become a part of our prayer repertoire. It's got to be a part of something we do daily and multiple times a day. Amen. Setting in trap. You may have already prayed for them this morning morning but sitting in afternoon traffic you need to pray for him again you may have prayed for him in the morning and afternoon traffic but you're sitting in bed and you're about to turn the light out you need to call those names before the Lord again and when you get passionate about it when you get stirred up about it when you get a burden for it I'm telling you God is going to move in that situation and God's going to turn things around I believe that tonight I believe there's a harvest that is not coming but it's already here Jesus said lift up your eyes unto the harvest field for it is already white and ripe unto harvest we're not praying for the harvest the harvest is already here God's already moving God's looking for laborers that's been the dilemma the ancient dilemma of the church when Jesus said I need you to help me pray because my house is full but my fields are empty Everybody wants to be in the house. Nobody wants to go work. Jesus said, therefore, send, pray ye the Lord of the harvest to send forth the laborers into his field. I believe God's been putting that burden on some of you. I believe some of you have been praying harder and more passionately over the last few weeks than you ever have. And that's not to say you didn't have a prayer life before, but you feel a passion like never before. Here's what I need you to do. Keep connecting with a prayer partner. If you still don't have a prayer partner, you find one. Connect with them. This, I'm telling you, passion is contagious. I said passion is contagious. Passion is contagious. Why do you think people pay good money to let Tony Robbins scream at them for six hours? They just want his passion to be contagious. Passion is, you know what else is contagious? Laziness. You managers help me out. All it takes is one lazy employee to shut down that whole thing. Likewise, all it takes is one good employee that's passionate about doing their job. And it raises a standard for everybody else. I'm telling you something, First Church, God is moving right now. 
Not just in this moment, but I mean in this season that we're in right now. And you don't need to bottle that up and feel like, oh, well, I, I've got to pray. No, you need to connect with your prayer partner. Amen. You need to get together. I'm praying to God, y'all, that, that prayer meets start breaking out in y'all's home. Amen. I, did you hear me? I said I'm praying prayer meetings will start breaking out in your home spontaneously without church called prayer on Monday nights. Amen. On Saturday afternoons, on Sunday nights, when you get together because God laid a burden on your heart in that moment you called your prayer partner and said we just got to pray these names together and you said well hey let's not just do it over FaceTime or on the phone this time let's meet together right now and you meet up at, at, and you begin to pray together and the fire of the Holy Ghost begins to fall listen I'm telling you we are we have not even begun to see even the tip of what God is getting ready to do right here in our Woodland campus but you know what it's going to take it's going to take more than what we have now now, getting set ablaze with evangelistic heart praying. God opened their eyes that they would have a receptive heart. Lord, I pray that their eyes would be opened, oh God. I pray that they would have your attitude towards sin. I pray that they will be released to believe. I pray their life will be transformed. Lord, I'm praying right now for the people on my list. I'm praying for those, those people I encounter on my job. I'm praying for them right when you get a burden for that and you get a passion for that listen to me child of God God's going to turn so many things in your life around when you stop praying for God to just bless you when you stop praying for God just to give you another job or a different car or a better house and if you will pray kingdom prayers first Jesus said seek first my kingdom and all these things will be added unto you try that with your prayer life why don't you put praying for the lost at the top of your prayer list and watch what God will do. I want you to connect with somebody right now. If you know who your prayer partner is and they're here, I want you to go find them and bring them to the altar with you right now. If you don't have a prayer partner, just connect with somebody and bring them to the altar. Amen. For the next few moments, we're going to focus pray around here. Amen. We're going to focus pray around here for the lost. We're going to call the names of those lost individuals. Amen. If you don't got a prayer partner here, just go ask somebody come pray with me I, I just want you to pray with me amen we're going to pray together we're going to pray together amen brother Reuben sister Amarette I've already praying for RJ and Anthony they're on my list they're on my list so I'm praying with you over that right now I'm praying amen uh, Avery I'm praying for your dad he's already on my list he, I hope he's number one on your list you're praying you got to say his name out loud. Can't you say that? Just say his name out loud every day. Begin to call that name out loud. Amen. You, you, you got to call that name out. You got to pray that name aloud. Come on. I want you to give us some pray that name. Pray, them for, pray for those that are lost that's on that list right now. In the name of Jesus. Brother Roberto, I'm praying, I'm praying with you for your kids. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on. Call those names out right now. Hallelujah. calling their name for destruction so you gotta call their name for life hell's calling their name for eternity and in darkness but God is calling their name somebody's gotta call that name for eternity and light 
Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.